welcome back to episode three of Little Jeep Big World. This week, I will be talking about an interview that I did with Rachel Moore. So this is a phone interview that I did with her, and I'll just tell you a little bit about what we talked about. So here it goes. See, Rachel Moore is different. Her name is Voyages of Agape. Rachel and her husband, Josh, sailed the world in their 1984 Tayana Vancouver 42-foot sailboat. You can check out the show notes for a video about this and their whole journey around the world. Rachel and her husband aren't just traveling the world in their sailboat to see the world and to feed their love of adventure. Their boat's named Agape for a reason, but I'll let her tell you that story. Agape. Agape means an unconditional love that sees beyond the outer surface, accepting regardless of flaws, shortcomings, or faults. It's the type of love that everyone strives to have for their fellow human beings. This love is about sacrifice as well as giving and expecting nothing in return. The translation of the word agape is love in the verb form. It is the love demonstrated by your behavior. It's a committed and chosen love. This is what I found on her Voyages of Agape blog of how they describe why they named this boat Agape. When I interviewed Rachel over the phone while she was in Los Angeles for a quick stop home for family time and work, she was humble, gentle, honest, and spoke to me like a long lost friend. She let me ask more, even when maybe, well, I shouldn't. We'd only known each other for about 10 minutes, when I guess I probably got a little too personal. Whoops. Our hour-long conversation shifted from marriage advice, travel stories, the power of community, and the not-so-romantic sides of living a travel life. So let me get into explaining Rachel more. Sailor, diver, love giver, life seeker, courageous, climber, model, world changer. So first, I asked her to tell me a little bit about herself. When you're not outside exploring or traveling, tell me what we'd find you doing. She said, she loves to rock climb. Before heading out on this trip, they were going rock climbing almost every weekend. They were climbing, backpacking, camping, just anything to get them out of the city. They love to spearfish, free dive, and she actually used to dive for Channel Islands National Park before her current job. She went to school for marine biology. She also really loves to write and take pictures as well. Being out on the boat and meeting people around the world inspires her to do so even more. She just started a blog series called Voyager Diaries, sharing the stories she hears from people that they meet along the way. You should definitely go check her out. I'll leave their blog in the show notes. She says she normally doesn't tell people this, but she's a model as well. She models for Old Navy, Reebok, Patagonia, and a lot of fitness businesses. At first, she said it wasn't her scene. She just tell people that she does advertising when people ask what she did and do one job. This allows them that any money they raise will 100% go back to their mission with Agape. She says there are plenty of beautiful women in Los Angeles and San Francisco. She thought for sure once she left on her boat, she wouldn't be called for any more gigs. But there always seems to be more work for her, she says. She says it shows her daily the more we give away, the more we get back and we're trusted with even more. She says this is ma- makes her sure that this is exactly the plan for her and Josh. Next question. I asked her, what is a favorite adventure story you love to share when swapping stories with friends over a cup of coffee? She said, let's see. She thinks she has a lot of, well, very uncomfortable stories. An uncomfortable sailing story was when she had just left Catalina and they were about 50 miles offshore of Mexico. She had not a lot of nighttime experience sailing and the winds picked up to about 40 miles an hour. 
That fall, they had El Ni- they had La Nina conditions, which caused major swells to come from the northeast. These swells were so large that they were surfing down with their boat the front of the waves all night. It was the middle of the night, and finally it was her turn to sleep. Her and Josh ter- take turns taking watch to make sure there's no boats on the horizon, wind changes, to switch the sails, etc. Right when she headed to bed, their autopilot stopped working from too much work surfing down these waves. Just as it went out, their bilge pump started going off as well. A bilge pump is the, the one that pushes water out of the bottom of your boat in case any water gets in, which it didn't really ever do. When Josh looked down below, the pump was reporting that it was pushing a lot of water. He woke Rachel up and said that she had to come out and hand steer at this point so he could figure out why they were taking on so much water. Here they were, hand steering down huge waves. Their boat was filling with water and they were 50 miles from shore. They were very uncomfortable at this point, to say the least. He was able to figure out that it was actually the pump itself. It had gotten a lot of junk caught in it and was pushing water on board instead of off the boat. She had a hand steer and heavy conditions, which she was not used to doing, especially at night. When he took back over, she said she went down below and started organizing everything that had fallen off the shelves. She said she just needed anything that she knew she was good at. It was an interesting night for sure that showed her, wow, we are really out here on the water doing this. Next thing I asked her was, how did this idea come to you guys to sail around the world? She said, her and Josh had always loved sailing growing up. Working on the Channel Islands, they were constantly on boats, and she loved it. She loved getting away, having no cell phone service. Her family had never sailed, but his family did while he was growing up. She remembers being on his sailboat for the first time. They turned off the engine and just used the wind and the sails to get them to move. She said she found the wind being her source that got you to travel as something so captivating. It had so much power, and she was hooked. With Josh, she never really wanted to get married. It wasn't really ever in her plans to get married, actually. She just wanted to travel her whole life. But then she met him in a dark alley as he was walking by with an old friend. Yes, she met him in a dark alley. After her and Josh parted ways, Josh told his friend he needed her number, and they began climbing and traveling together, just as friends, of course. She said she thinks she only kissed him once or twice. (laughs) After six weeks in Honduras, she was head over heels for this guy. She loved his positivity, his passion. She could travel with him. They traveled so much while they were dating and engaged as well. They were professional travel partners. As soon as they were married, they knew exactly what they wanted to do. They wanted to sail the world. The plan was originally to buy a small boat that could go short distances. We realized if we started living like we didn't make any money, we could save a lot and buy a boat that could actually cruise to long distances and maybe even have a family on it one day. So their plans changed. Now they sail together daily and it, well, really grows their marriage. She says, I mean, the farthest I can be away from him, I can still hear him breathing on the other side of the door. The next thing I asked her was, what's your favorite thing that being outside hiking, camping, exploring, traveling, or whatever you love brings out in you? She says, peace. Brings stillness. She says she's not very good at that. She loves to be busy and work. Getting out into the mountains or out into the ocean far away from cell phones brings that stillness she needs to reground herself. I asked, what's your number one go-to you-must-visit-this-place recommendation? She says Havasu Pai, Arizona is phenomenal. It's one of the most beautiful places she's ever been. It should definitely be on the top of everyone's list this year. Abroad, one of the most diverse and beautiful countries she's ever been to is Peru. Big mountains, 20,000-foot peaks, Amazon River, culture, ancient ruins, great food, and beaches. It's everything you could ask for. They spent a month backpacking there. I asked her, what's your role while sailing? Well, she actually learned how to sail while they were engaged. Josh bought her a 16-foot sailboat, and she learned on that and took basic sailing courses. When they bought their boat three years ago, they'd practice every weekend sailing off to the Channel Islands and other places. 
She thinks that she should have had a lot more experience before she began her trip, but Josh had been sailing his whole life. He taught her that we aren't going to sail around the world in a night. You take it day by day, and with time on their side, you never have to rush or pick unfavorable weather windows. They wait out the storms and choose great conditions. I asked her to tell about what you guys do in the different places you sail to. They travel the world in their sailboat, and they're currently located in Chiapas, Mexico. It's becoming the off-season, and hurricane season began. So they chose this area to keep their boat in for now and remain there while they go backpacking and exploring to wait out the season. When they're sailing, they want to do more than just see the world. They want to serve the communities they meet as the hands and feet of their viewers and supporters. Any donations they make are given away. 100% of any donations you guys give help families, orphans, and communities in need that they meet along the way. Anything from purchasing clothing, food, water, or supplies to build new housing. Whatever they receive goes back. They feel like they've done so much travel. They've backpacked, skydived, freedive, month-long trips and experiences, and for some reason, they were always felt they always left feeling as though it was a little hollow. They were always looking for the next thing, and they think that in this life, they found it. They love these kids they work with. They look at these kids and know that they don't have families. They don't have people to touch their faces and hold their hands and tell them that they love them and how good they are. There's something about serving others that brings her a joy that can't be found at a beautiful beach, an awesome hike, or anywhere else they try to find it. It comes from interacting with people and truly loving them in a way that costs something. It's their way of finding meaning. They don't believe they would be where they are without the agape love they've seen themselves. They saw other sailors making money off their videos, but they wanted to do something more. They couldn't collect people's money to pay for their travels. It's never felt right to them. They said they remember praying for years about what this would be. She said she would say, I know you're pointing us to leave, but what does that look like? One night while Rachel was trying to fall asleep and praying, she knew in her mind that they were going to create videos, and 100% of the money we made, they made was going to go away. Her prayer showed her, I want you to serve anyone you come in contact with. She was so nervous to tell Josh in the morning. Beforehand, he had always said that they could really save from raising money from the videos and get ready to sail, so I wasn't sure how he was going to react. I woke him up and told him I thought we were going to give 100% of the money away back to the people we visit along the way. He got tears in his eyes and said, that's it. That's when their mission for Voyages of Agape was born. I asked her, how do you find community and connection with life on the road? She says, this has been the hardest part for her. She's actually heading back to Los Angeles to visit her community group. She's so excited she could barely handle it. She's so giggly on the phone. She loves the cruising community, but the conversations tend to stand around to center around boat talk. It was so hard to find deep relationships while out there. She can still have some community. She works to make sure she calls her mom, her friends, and people that she loves and can be honest with. The cruising community, though, is our is their community right now. They love getting to be there with them. Sometimes these cruisers thought that this would fulfill all their desires being out here on the open ocean, but they still find it leaves them empty. They invite them to orphanages and other areas to work and to connect them and just love people they come in contact with. I asked her, what's the not-so-glamorous parts of this lifestyle? One thing she's found is being away from family, friends, and their work. There are a lot of gaps where it can feel like a lot of pressure that Josh and her need to feel for each other. She fell in love with him because he's always happy and positive, but she's a little bit more emotional. She misses her family and friends, and she'll grieve this a lot of times. Well, they're learning that they don't have to be that for each other. He loved his old job, so he's actually taken up sewing, and will make things to make our boat even better. A few weeks ago, he made shades for our decks. I guess we're just working to find ways to encourage and love each other. 
Living this way puts a magnifying glass on your marriage, and the weak areas climb to the surface fast. You don't have room to just go hang out with your girlfriends. We have to talk. Here's what I'm lacking. Here's where I need you to grow. Then we move on. One of the hardest things she's experienced was the night she got a phone call that Josh's grandmother was not doing too well. She didn't want to tell him while sailing, so she waited till they were in port. This is about two weeks into their trip, and they barely had any cell phone service. They were both so devastated to not have the ability to be there for their family. Being in the U.S., we're used to having access to whatever we want when we want it. To feel stuck and as though they couldn't be there with their family was incredibly difficult, especially because she ended up passing away. They spent some time grieving alone. Josh was in the water with his surfboard, and she stayed on deck for a little while. We have to find ways to give each other that space, she says. Another thing not so glamorous is, well, a toilet. Matter of fact, she says it's not glamorous at all. We don't really have a shower with us, and most of the time, our shower is jumping in the water and rinsing off. Let's just say a hot shower is something I miss, she says. She misses green salads, too. There are a lot of little things, but they're trivial, especially after seeing how some of the people that they've met live. What's the best way for people to support your mission, I asked her. She says they're going back to some orphanages in the mountains. They want to be able to create videos that people can see and will work with Patreon to donate. It's hard, though, because when she's with those kids, she wants to be with them and not be bringing out her camera to work on a video. To help raise money in the meantime, they're setting up a PayPal account for donation. This goes to anything from purchasing food, water, clothing, or supplies to build new housing. Whatever they receive, though, will in turn go back to these people that they meet along the way. They're seeing what this next orphanages will need. The last orphanages needed rice, beans, tampons, underwear, and other basic survival needs. They were able to go into town and pay $250 for their entire list. This is almost nothing to us. The one thing they couldn't get was chairs. The orphanages don't really have enough chairs, so the kids can't eat together. And they couldn't afford to buy all those chairs, as $600 was not in their budget. They're going to be working to launch PayPal so that people can start donating there and they can reach out and serve these people as they need. People ask how they find these places. She says she just gets referrals on Instagram and asks local people in the area if they know of any orphanages, orphanages that have needs. You have to be careful because some orphanages are not government sanctioned and they'll pocket your donation money. We research the area to see the needs, she says. Sometimes it's not orphanages, but we work to help families that are living in the dumps in parts of Mexico. Orphanages do have a special place in their heart as they want to adopt one day. Ultimately, they want to inspire others to reach out and serve whoever they're in contact with. We may only be fulfilling temporary needs, she says, but we hope it makes a bigger impact to our followers and to those we meet. Rachel and I wrapped up our conversation as she made her way down the PCH, heading to visit her community group and her friends that she dearly treasure. Rachel is all about people. She reminds me, it's not all about me. She overflows with the joy that she gets from serving those around her. She makes me look at my world, whether home or on adventures, and try to have eyes that find what people need. She knows this life isn't about money, the most romantic travels, or even beauty. She changes and is changing this world with just her genuine love, her agape love. Thanks, Rachel. Be sure to check them out at Voyages of Agape on Instagram, or check out their website at voyagesofagape.com, where you can see their, their needs and who they're serving currently, and be able to give back to them and help them out. Be sure to check us out at Little Jeep Big World or littlejeepbigworld.com for our blog. Hope you guys have a great week and that you enjoy learning a little bit more about Rachel Moore. You might see her in some ads at Old Navy or other places around you. You can also check out Reef's Instagram and you'll see them a lot on there as well. Uh, it was great chatting and sharing a story and we'll see you soon.
Meadows of our youth A hundred and seven